Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 1057 The Point, and Jamie Rivers from 101 ESPN and former Blue defenseman. So let me, I just want to set the stage here before we start talking about the Blues. Big win last night. So in an, in an effort to kind of keep us on track, kind of keep our, our podcast a little streamlined, I have been doing a, a notes sheet for us. Now, today, apparently, <laughs> there is a lot on the notes sheet, and Jamie is busting my chops because of it. I just want to be prepared so that we have things to talk about. Why do you guys have to be so horrible to me? I'm just trying to make us prepared. No. I mean, it is like 11.15 as we record this, and I've been up since 2.30 a.m. How long is this going to be? Is there a, this, guys, says, this says one of eight. Is this an audio book? Guys, guys, I just, I just, these are notes. These are things that come to my mind. Jamie texted us last night you, and says, take notes of the game. Yeah. So I did, so, and then I incorporated. Not every play. Like, look I, this at this. Is, <laughs> at the, the vic- Chip off the wall. 25, the two hard strides. I thought you spelled the, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times wrong at the beginning here. I didn't. You know what? I'm going to tell. In the I'm beginning. Gonna, I'm going to tell you sons of bitches something. Okay? I'm going to tell you something. You, do you have a publisher for this no, I'm going to tell you something. Today, is, today I am in a great mood because not only did the Blues win, but it's my last day virtual schooling my fifth grader. Oh, so congratulations. Even, even you two. Was this the jerk, last book report you had to do with her? Is, even you two jerk faces can't keep me from having a well, this is going to give day. you free time to get a, an illustrator for the story. So that's really is a PowerPoint presentation how, later. How about the the letterhead? We have, we have a letterhead. last minute blues podcast. How letterhead? long did it take to get the letterhead for for real? It took about two minutes. Was it like clip I mean, art? It was already a JPEG on my laptop or on my on my desktop. You know, so I just put it on the. But thing. you had to shrink it. Yeah. Properly like it that. It took right? like thirty seconds. I was uh, just trying to make it look nice. It if, does. You, if you stop at twenty seven, use color. Damn it, I was going to say oh, that. Sorry. If you'd stop at 27 bullet points, you'd have time to make this color. <laughs> I'm so But thank you for Dudes. the effort. Dudes, I, I, you, you, we, we say, we, we collectively say, guys, we're going to take this more seriously. We're going to put, we're going to put this thing down. We're going to have an order of events. And so then I do it. And then you guys just are, this are got, mercilessly busting my this ass. This has got character development and plot lines. It does. This is, thank Ortuzo you for doing this. could become the villain. What? <laughs> 
You know what? Now we don't have time to go. We don't have time now to get through all this, so let's get yeah, going. Yeah, because of you two yucking it up, we don't have time. It's I'm, just thorough, Donnie. It's I'm, a great job. Honestly, well, no, it really and, is. And, and you know what? And I understand Glad that. Glad you didn't sleep. But, but you know, like, uh, my my mind is a pretty quick firer, and so that's how this kind of comes together. If we need to have fewer notes, I'll make fewer notes. No, I like No, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Because Jeff, Jeff or I will probably yeah. not do this. I, no, so. I haven't checked it for punctuation and spelling. Yeah, that's probably bad, though. But we'll get that. We'll do that on another podcast. Hey, quick question. Do you think Colorado has woken up since yesterday because I don't know that they that was not a good showing by those abs last night. Well, it was a combination in my opinion of the avalanche kind of getting overwhelmed early. See, the biggest thing, the takeaway overall for me was the Blues speed. Okay, and that's not something we talk about or we haven't talked about last couple of years. We talked about, okay, maybe they don't have the speed that other teams do, but they can play fast, move the puck fast, possess the puck. Well, last night they had a gear that other teams haven't seen before. And it was the gear of Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Tori Krug, Colton Pareko. Uh, like, they had a lot of speed out there. Zach Sanford, Sammy Blay. I was like, wow, wait a minute here. This team has changed. Like, not a lot. Just subtly, it yeah. has changed. And the very first shift for Jordan Cairo, I thought he was playing in fast forward. Like, I thought somebody sp- sped up the video. He was all over the place. So for me, my first takeaway before we dive into all that stuff yeah. was that the Blues got the avalanche on their heels early. Now, the second period, like my point the last time, I said that's the straight-legged period. You're going to see the Blues. They're going to be under siege because they had that uh, that long second change, mm-hmm. and they did. They spent the entire second period in their end. I think the shots were, what, 15 to 6, I think, for the avalanche in the Which was period. kind of the exact opposite in the first period, right? 100% yeah. flip-flop on that one. So Jordan Bennington, that's part of the story, too. He looks battle ready. Like, he's, yeah. he's ready to go here. Uh, and then in the third period, again, the Blues seem to flip the switch again. And once you're up by a couple of goals, your guys are in the right positions. You play solid defensively. You get the bounces, and that's what happened. So Colorado's going to have to go back to the drawing board. And try to figure out, okay, how do we slow down some of this team that the Blues have right now? I I think the best part, the most exciting part to me was, you know, one of the things that we had repeatedly talked about in in the last couple of episodes was the Blues coming out of the gate like they hadn't missed the beat. And mug, did they ever come out like they hadn't missed the beat, man. That was the thing that was the most impressive to me. I mean, second one, minute one, they were ready to roll. And most impressive to me was Kyrou, and I I know we'll get to him in a minute. But since you're talking Colorado and you're talking speed, this Nathan McKinnon after last night, I agree with you. I think he is the best player in the world. (laughs) How scary is that And he's a little fast when you're talking about speed. (laughs) What what is a game plan for somebody that you know is one of the best in the league and is so fast? What do you do outside? Outside of, you know, uh, break an ankle or something. Yeah, well, yeah, that used to be the strategy, is how many guys can get a lick on this guy as he heads down the ice. Uh, now that is no longer legal and probably right. punishable by, you know, law in certain yeah. states. <laughs> um, but you want layers of defense with this guy. Well, actually, let me back it up just a little bit. You don't want to turn over the puck. You don't want to give them possession of the puck. And if you have to, it's got to be in a non-dangerous area. And this is going to be so repetitive on this podcast Mm -hmm. as the Blues plays here is put the puck to a safe area. Because last night, as much as we're going to rave on Jordan Cairo, he had a turnover in the second period. And he dropped past the puck to Robert Thomas, or he tried to. It got knocked away. Nathan McKinnon grabbed it and was gone the other way. And damn near got a breakaway, got a great scoring chance. Bennington had to make a huge save. 
That's what you don't want to do against mm-hmm. Nathan McKinnon. You don't want to give him the puck anywhere on the ice where he can turn and burn because when he goes, man, it's so hard. You're off balance. As a defenseman, you're off balance because how do you gap up on this guy? If you gap up too tight, then he just blows around. Right around you, you which I saw a couple and, of and times. And if you lay off the gap too far, now it's like a guy has a running start at you, and then you're still kind of screwed. So that's why when I say layers, that's why it's so important that you have forwards that are in layers, angling towards him, pushing him towards the boards, so that eventually, even sometimes, you'll rely on your forward for the help where he'll angle, but then maintain middle ice position. And the re- reason he does that is he's taking away the ability for Nathan McKinnon to cut back to the middle of the ice. So now as a defenseman, I know I can squeeze him out along the boards and my forward continues to stay in that gap with me. So we basically run him out of room. You're forcing him to the outside. You're running him out of room. Right. It'd be like a police chase. And the policeman and his partner. I don't know partner. why you're pointing at me when you say that. Right. <laughs> well, okay, Donnie. Okay. Oh, no. yeah. Donnie, did you hear about Jeff's police chase? <laughs> it doesn't work the same. So, Jeff, in a police chase, when the policeman gets up behind, one guy comes up behind, one guy pulls up the side, and yeah. they angle the guy over to the wall, right? Take yeah. out time and space. Same thing when you're handling a guy like Nathan McKinnon. Well, you're just corralling him. When yeah. you're when you're dealing also with a superstar like that, too, are you kind of, okay, not expecting him to do something as far as I mean, you 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 kind of want to minimize the damage in which that he can do, but you maybe have an idea. Okay, well, this dude's probably going to do something. We just need to minimize what that something is. One hundred percent, exactly. He's going to get his scoring chances. He's Nathan McKinnon. If he doesn't get them five on five, guess what? He's going to get them on the power play. It's just inevitable. And so, as a team, you're sitting there going, okay, if we give up chances to this individual, what kind of chances do we want to give up? And the chances we want to give up are something from outside the dots, if possible, or up high above the top of the circles in your defensive zone. I'm comfortable with that. I've got Jordan Bennington. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He had 30 wins last year. He looks dialed in. I'm good with that. Where it gets a little shaky is where he beats one guy. And now he's infiltrated the house, right? We'll call it the bubble for pandemic reasons. Mm -hmm. He's infiltrated the bubble. And now you're like, okay, we're in scramble mode because the most dangerous player in the NHL possibly – now has the puck in a dangerous spot. And a head and headwind, too. And, he's he's moving. And he's got wingers who are damn good as well. So sometimes you overcompensate, and he's so good he finds somebody who's available, and it ends up in the back of your net anyway. So the Blues have to do a good job of protecting the middle of the ice and trying to stack the box, if you if you will, with that. Now, uh, tomorrow night, as far as the lineup goes, Jeff and I were pontificating a bit before you got Whoa. here. Yeah, how about that? Modulator, pontificating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's big time today. Wow. Only lineup, ch- I mean, for sure, Blay is out, Hoffman is in, right? Well, you don't you don't change a winning lineup, Donnie. Stop well, it. I don't no, know. No. I just, Come I, on. I'm just... <laughs> Come on. But, 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 but seriously, that would This probably... is going to be hard, though. Think about this for a second. How many goals did Oscar Sundquist have last night? Two. Well, two. Where was he playing? On the second line where Hoffman would have been. That's right. So... I'm not saying that you keep – well, I actually am saying that you have to think about keeping Sunquist with that line. That line was dominant. Do you know what that line had for shots on goal? Tell us. Nine. Wow. Do, do you know how many Damn. they had shots on goal against while they, on the, well, they were on the ice last night? Zero. Damn. That's good, right? Yeah. That, <laughs> That's the objective? Looking, when that you're looking correct? at the course okay, but, number. But realistically, what do you do with a guy like Hoffman, though? I mean, I'm, be, be, there's no way he's sitting in the box tomorrow. So you're saying he's, getting, he's four in. million dollars to not play. He's got to be in there. I, I listen. I get it. He he will be. But where is he? Right. So 
I think it's a really tough decision for Craig Berube because you just beat the Stanley Cup favorites in Colorado. And you beat them handedly, four to one, and you kind of gave them their business. It took their lunch money at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And you say, okay, well, where is Mike Hoffman going? Okay, let's go to the fourth line. Who can we take out? Sammy Blay. Okay, Sammy Blay's out. Who else can we take out? Well, nobody. Because Kyle Clifford had a good game score to go. Barbashev with a sick pass to him. Oh, I'm not messing with that. Oh, I got a little something on Clifford later for you. but yes. Third line, Tyler Bozak. It was incredible. Incredible. Jordan Cairo, no. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. Zach Sanford had a great game. And he had some some, some sandpaper in his game. A couple of cross checks. Which and you've guy. said he's needed the whole time. He needs that. He's six foot four, dude. Put your big boy pants on. And he is. Yeah. And so where else do you go, right? So it's, yeah. it's a tough call. Um, I get it. I think I do see Oscar Sundquist dropping down to the fourth line and Mike Hoffman up on the right wing. But if there's any kind of a stutter step at all with that line, or it doesn't seem like it's jiving the right way, you could see Chief throwing Sonny up there. That's the beauty of having Oscar Sundquist. You mm-hmm. can plug him in anywhere. He's the it's, he's uh, the Swedish version of the Swiss Army knife. We'll call him the Ikea knife. <laughs> I like it. Right. That's I like fantastic. It. <laughs> I wanna, okay, so I want to talk about Oscar Sundquist, the player. All right, because this guy is talented enough that you – you know, you plug and play. He plays the, a great game last night. What keeps Oscar Sundquist from regularly being a number one or number two line player for a team? And I'm not trying to get super high here, but when you're talking about versatility that you can plug and play this guy anywhere, well then, I think logically, I, that, that, that kind of makes me wonder. May I try the answer for you? Absolutely. I think it's, we'll get there with him. Yeah. He has the ability, he has the raw talent to be there, but I don't think we're there yet with him. I was going to say that the consistency is not in his game for him to be a, a first or second line player, but then I started to think, well, maybe he just generally doesn't have the talent oh, I think that so. a first think, or second line guy has. I think it's as of this year, he has that opportunity and that ice time with that spotlight on him because Dean being I, gone. I can't tell if we're right or wrong. He's really either. playing he's a straight face. He's actually <laughs> dozing right now. I'm enjoying your conversation. I really I just want to know who's right. Who's right? Who's I right? like it. Uh, look, so here's the deal. I'm not going to say who's right, who's wrong, because Baby. it's to be determined, right? But the thing with Oscar Sundquist is he's made some huge steps in the last couple of seasons. Like, guys, he was on his way out the door through waivers when he got a concussion from Tom Wilson. And then when he came back, they had a spot for him at that point. And after that, he's never left. He's been a mainstay. How has he done that? Well, it's because he's been a fourth-line player. He's been a penalty killer. He's been your your gritty guy that you can plug in on a checking line and do his thing. Let's not get too hyped up about the two goals last night, okay? He, he can score, but if you're thinking top six forwards, you're thinking guys that every time they get the puck are dangerous. Got it. And... So Oscar Sundquist is not that guy. Sure. Now, oh, well, could he be if he played full-time? Yeah, maybe. But right now you have those guys. So why would you force-feed that situation? Got it. Play him on the third or fourth line, spot duty up front. Heck, Chief has played him on the power play before. He's totally confident in his skill set. He's totally confident in his playmaking ability. And now, you know, he shows last night he can finish. Uh, great opportunity. So patience with him. He's still relatively young as a player. And the Blues are going to have some tough decisions to make in the next couple of years. They're going to be salary cap strapped at one point with, with Jaden Schwartz coming up, with Colton Pareko, with Ryan O'Reilly, all, Tarasenko's coming up too. You're going to look at a guy like Oscar Sundquist and go, okay, maybe he is a 20-goal scorer. Maybe he is. And on our show yesterday, I, 
I said he's my dark horse. I think he's going to score ten plus goals this wow. year, which is huge. Yeah, that'd be big in a pen in a, a truncated season for that guy to score ten goals. Would be like twenty five in a regular season. Right. I, I want to bring up Jaden Schwartz uh, because I had mentioned it in my in my show book uh, as well. <laughs> as I, I've always just seven. really loved watching him play, man. I mean, he can can play in the offensive zone. Last night he's blocking shots. Why is Jaden Schwartz not the type of player that the Blues want to try the cap gymnastics to try to figure out a way to keep him here? It seems like he's another guy that does so many things well that this would be another big piece lost. I know you can't have everybody. That's what the cap is for. But but why, why is he, he not one a of guy them that, they want? that we're yeah. trying to figure it out? Because it seems like he... You know, a couple of years ago when the Blues were not good, I mean, when he got hurt, I mean, it just dropped out. Mm-hmm. So why is he not one of those kind of guys? Well, let me ask you this. Why do you say he's not one of those guys? Well, he, reason being, and this is the only thing that I'm going off of, because in our conversations, it seems like it's always kind of been a a kind of predetermined thing that the Blues aren't going to be able to afford him after this year and that he's going to walk, that that he's just going to be able to get a sizable I, amount of cash yeah. from somebody else. I've, I've always thought this, too. Like when we were talking about who's going to be the alternate, who's going to be the captain, his name never came up. And I understand contract-wise I get that. But when it's when it's when generally you're talking about the future of the franchise, Donnie's right. Nobody ever goes, "Oh, we need to keep this guy." Well, I guess the outsiders, yeah. Some people will say, "Oh, well, he just can't stay here because of salary cap issues." Okay, mathematically, it could be right, but I think Doug Armstrong is going to make a pitch to to Jaden Schwartz. And to your point, Donnie, yeah, on the open market, if he continues to play like this, two assists last night, plus two, zero shots on goal when he's on the ice against, and nine four when he's on the ice for the Blues, he's going to command a raise. Now, does he want to go somewhere else? Because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And the reason I say that is if this is the team that the Blues have for the future. Now, you'll subtract probably Mike Hoffman because this is a one-stop event for him because he's a 6 or $7 million player. It's great that we got him, but subtract that guy. But now add Jordan Cairo. If he plays like he did last night, consistently, and Robert Thomas consistently does that, the future looks really good. Guys. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks promising. So maybe Jaden Schwartz is a guy that you you revisit. Like Tyler Bozak's contract is going to be coming up in the year after. Uh, David Perron, I believe, is up after this season. So that's five million dollars right there. You've got other guys that you might be willing to walk away from or put on the waiver wire, or you're actually you're going to lose somebody to the Seattle Kraken. So that right there is more salary cap money. You might be able to find the amount of money that you need for Jaden Schwartz. And let's not forget the Mike Hoffman contract. That $4 million will be gone, too. Right. Okay. Now, I understand there's long-term injury money that's, that's helping this out right now. But my point is, I think you can get to a Jaden Schwartz number a lot easier than it was to try and get to an Alex Petrangelo number. And I think that Schwartz, he loves it here. And I think that he sees what the potential is of this team and the, the possibility of staying with a great franchise, you might get that hometown discount. You might get that. You know, maybe an extra year on the deal um, you know, with a little less AAV overall. But it's going to come down to the Blues believing that Jaden Schwartz can keep playing this way, can keep bringing that speed, that energy, and that production. And it's going to come down to Jaden Schwartz thinking, well, you know what? I'd rather be here in, in this organization than getting a couple extra million dollars overall 
from some other place, which sounds crazy. A couple extra million. We're like, (laughs) (laughs) just leave that on the table, right? That's fine. It's so easy for us to say, but there is, as you guys know, there's something to be said for your happiness and your mental health regarding a situation that you really like. He just seems to me, and I'm sorry, Jeff, I know you're going next, but he just seems to me to be a super quiet guy. Yeah. Like, just, like... I would be very surprised if in the locker room he was ever doing any sort of hooting and hollering. He does not he seem does. to be that guy. He I've does. heard that he hollers, but he doesn't hoot. <laughs> yeah, not, not quite the hoot. Yeah. I get it. That's but fine. To each no, their own. He's a funny dude. Yeah. He's got his own personality. But to your point, yeah, he's kind of quiet yeah. overall. But he loves to have fun, loves to laugh. The guys absolutely love him. Like, Schwartzy, he just, when he walks in the room, guys just love it. They start giggling. He's just kind of funny without even trying type thing. Sure. So, yeah, he's a very, very well-liked guy well in the locker room takes all kinds of personalities too absolutely you know? i uh have known you for many we have known you for many 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 years and i don't know how many times you've actually been proud of me but i'm hoping every time you the, get out the front door the Jeff, things, your front door <laughs> when i leave right <laughs> i'm proud of you i have a jamie thing that i saw last night that i hope that you're going to be proud of me for uh-oh because this is an education every time for me with hockey and i know it is for donnie too and i hope absolutely. it is for the listeners because that's what we're here for to ask you questions learn and then watch blues games and put what you gave us into motion like hey every time an nhl guy has the puck he's got about an eighth of a second to decide what to do with it blah that sort of thing last night kyle clifford's goal yeah hey, fantastic he scored a goal that's great he was standing in front of the net somebody gave him the puck and he shot it and scored it but he caused that goal because he took a hit to keep the puck in that end, and then he wound up getting the goal, and that's the value of a Clifford, correct? It is. It, he took the hit and jumped right back up, but do you notice where the puck went? It was in the net. That's okay, how it's well, a goal. Yeah, okay, ultimately, yes. Now, we're going to push the, the audio rewind here really quickly. So when he took the hit, where did he make sure the puck ended up before his goal? Deep. Down low. Down right? low. Deep corner deep, behind the net, low, whatever, yes. Whatever it is, in an area where they could get it back. And so what they did is Ivan Barbashev got it back. You got, That's why you have that guy that's driving down the middle of the ice because he either forces a play at the net or he gets loose pucks. He can retrieve them first and you regain possession. So by doing that, Barbie's able to get in there. And Sammy Blay is another scud missile who's coming straight down the other side. They almost run into each other, to be honest. But then Clifford, who doesn't sit there and pout or do something else. He jumps up. He heads right to where he's got to be, which is in the F3 spot, notices that nobody's covering him at this point. So he readjusts his angle to get in a prime scoring spot. Barbie finds him through traffic. I still don't know how he got it through there, but he did. And then if you watch Clifford shoot the puck, he doesn't just panic and fire it. If he does that, it's going to hit the D. If you look back at the replay, that puck would hit the D. He cradles it just for a second and then zips it short side. That's a guy that we're underestimating his ability of what he's capable of doing. The rough and tumble, we know that comes with it, okay? Taking the hit, giving the hit, sticking up for teammates. But when he gets a puck in the scoring area, that's the difference. He's able to put it home with the patience of a veteran guy who's been there before. And that's kind of that's why he's so important. The pass from Robert Thomas. Oh my. Oh, that one? I showed him He that. should get like six. Oh, you showed him that. <laughs> I can't even do that in video games, man. He seemed to play a really strong game last night. He had man. two great passes when you think about it. Well, he had multiple great passes. Let's not just isolate it to that, but that's him. That's He's a special player. He's a puck distributor, and he, he that's what you do when you're looking for these these opportunities. You're looking under sticks, over sticks, between the legs, behind the guy, Always thinking about how you can, just like watching a quarterback where you're like, okay, he threw that ball before the guy even turned. 
he knows where he's going, the anticipation. Or he threw it back shoulder where he knew the cornerback couldn't get to the ball. It's a tough catch for his receiver, but he knew the defender couldn't get it. It's like Robert Thomas is doing right now. He's putting it through areas where he knows the defender is going to have a really hard time. And passes like that, though, it's also on the other guy to realize Robert Thomas can and will try to do those passes. Yeah, well, that's the that's the beauty, or the uh, I guess that's the importance of chemistry on a line. You know, and that's why they didn't even break stride. They knew that puck was coming through there. And Donnie and I both agree that Cairo last night played with like a guy with major confidence. You you can say whatever you want about the two goals and everything, but he just seemed to be skating with confidence. His very first shift to me was that moment of I'm here. It really was. His first shift, he was buzzing. He was in on the puck first guy. He got back hard, back check. He had two plays that were incredible defensively where he was the first guy back on the back check, broke up a play, moved the puck up, and they headed back offensively. And then for his goal, it was the same thing. If he's not on his horse coming back through the middle of the ice, which he was, caused a little bit of a turnover, quick turn to head the other way, he passes the Bozak right back to him. Where does he keep going? To the net. Why? Instinctively, that's what he should do. He gets the one-touch pass back from Bozak. There's no way he knows that's coming. There's no way he knows it, but he's ready for it at that point. And he's, he's mentally ahead of the game, so he buries that. The one thing that really impressed me with Kairou and it's going to be essential for him to keep playing, was his tracking ability. And what that is, is back checking. They call it tracking. That's a fancy new word mm-hmm. for it. And he comes back so fast. And I can tell you right now, Chief's telling him, look, kid, as they go over the video today, look at this. Look at this. You didn't want to do this before. I get it. Or you didn't realize that you had to do it. It happens. You're a young player. But with your speed, watch how fast you break up that play and look at how fast you go back the other way. So to my point the other day is the better defense you play and the quicker you can get the puck back or disrupted from the other team, the quicker you can play offense. So, hey, you love playing offense. You love scoring goals. Play good defense. The other will happen. It's it's, doing that for yourself then, yeah. It seems like maybe with Cairo that maybe the light's coming on. You know what I mean? It it seems like maybe the, the, the light might be coming on for him. Absolutely. You see it happening out there, and you see in the offensive zone he's He's cycling the puck. He's putting it back down to areas that aren't dangerous. He had one turnover last night, but it's a young guy mistake, and it happened to be against Nathan McKinnon, and we talked about McKinnon yeah. went down the other way and almost scored a goal. Yeah. But you almost need those moments. Like, if I'm chief, I'm like, okay, no harm done, ultimately. Did you see what happened there? Yeah, okay, don't ever do it again. <laughs> like this I is, saw it too. This so is what don't. I'm talking about. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. So right. in that play there, get it to the wall. Force Nathan McKinnon to... Go somewhere else or get it deep. You had the opportunity to put the puck down behind the defenseman and live to fight another day. I know you're creative, but you have to take inventory. That's what I always, that's my word that I use all the time, is inventory of who's on the ice against you. If it's the fourth line on the other team, eh, maybe you try that little drop pass through the legs. You know, you can catch up. When you see that Nathan McKinnon's throwing a leg over the boards and he's out there, now the puck's going somewhere safe. Right, yeah. Play identification. Well, we've already talked about how Jordan Bennington had a really, really, really good first game. You said last time when we talked that pretty much no matter what, it's going to be Huso for game two. Do we know yet? And Uh, last night's performance, would that affect it at all? Yeah, it would. And I think in, in talking to certain people, I think we're going to be patient on the Huso project. I think that Jordan Bennington, uh, he's kind of turned into like Yachty or Molina, where I want to be behind the plate all the mm-hmm. time. I want to be behind the pipes every game. Great. 
great. Um, the concern I have for that is a lot of games in a short period of time. I don't want his hip flexors, his groins, his knees, all those. I, I don't want problems with that whatsoever. But I would anticipate that Bennington's back in the net for the next game. Hmm. At what point does uh, does yeah. the coach go, hey, uh, I'm the coach. I'm management. You're employee. You're going to sit. Well, when the coach sees something that's maybe trending in the wrong direction. He just grabs. Maybe he grab looks a little tired. Maybe he's not covering the rebounds. Maybe he's not putting the pucks in non-dangerous areas. Maybe he looks sluggish, post to post. Like There's certain things you can see, and the coach just says, hey, man. Tomorrow night, you're going to get a little bit of a breather. And, and we're not jammed with games here for the next few days either. So he, he will play tomorrow night, and then I, what do we play again, Monday or Tuesday? I can't remember which, but he'll get an extra kind of day of rest yeah. there as well. So how, some of that will be built in. Uh, I, want to, I want to ask about the play of Justin Falk last night. Uh, you know, a while ago you had said to me uh, that we'll know Justin Falk is playing well when you don't hear his name much during the game. And I don't remember hearing his name too much during the game, uh, but the guy's got to play well to make up for that terrible stash. I, I can't. I don't. I what's back, going on with that? I go back and forth. I go, hey, he looks like Dave Grohl, and then I go, no, he doesn't. I don't know. I don't feel like that's strong. But you know, I'd rather him play well, and then I don't care what he does. With he his looks face. like the uh, Captain Hook from the oh, movie Hook yeah, with yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah, that was uh, Dustin Hoffman, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but that's no. okay. Yeah, it was. Was it? Was. Yeah. Oh no, I'm thinking something different then. Maybe it's Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely. He looks like a pirate. Captain Hooker. Maybe that's what you were thinking of. Yeah, that was good, too. By the way, I'll get that back to you. Sorry. I didn't know you had a DVD player. And here we go. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. (laughs) Hopefully the tracking still works. Um, (laughs) Justin Falk is what we were talking about. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. He's got work to do, guys. Oh, boy. He's got work to do. Were you happy with his game last night? No. I wasn't. Not in particular, no. I I thought that um, out of all of the... The defenseman, he was uh, struggling. Struggling was maybe a bad word. He was laboring a little more to get around the ice than the other D were. Uh, his gaps were not good, and specifically against Nathan McKinnon. He had two or three times where he got walked yep. by Nathan McKinnon, which that not that you isolate that and you say, oh, well, that's it, because a lot of guys get walked by mm-hmm. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. The problem is it's in the manner that it happened where there was very little gap control and then the ability to the inability rather to turn and continue with the player and at least take away dangerous opportunities. Here's what I saw. Okay. And for people watching the game, this is hard because I'm really pulling for the guy and it's one game. So I don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, that's it. Yeah, of course. Um, But what I saw last night is Colorado was identifying when he was on the ice and they were matching lines quickly to get the McKinnon line out there. And then almost every time down the ice, they were attacking his side of the ice. Oh, boy. And so what I compare that to is quarterback that knows he has a mismatch, wide receiver, bad bad cornerback, or left side of the D line's not good, so we're going to run the ball to the right, right type thing. This is what you know I saw last night was the avalanche would carry the puck down one side and then make sure they got it all the way over across the ice. And when you noticed it, the gap was bad, which tells me he's not confident yet or he's not up to what he feels uh, up to speed to close out those gaps. So what happens then, they get a little bit more room over. That's more ice to play with. Mm -hmm. And when you give great players more ice to play with, they do dangerous things to your team. So I've seen quite a few opportunities where he's standing there with, with nobody 
uh, in the defensive zone and kind of scrambling around. He's running up when he should be going down. Uh, some of the puck movement wasn't quite fast enough. His play identification wasn't there. But, guys, it was game one. Right. You know, it's game one. Uh, but, unfortunately, it stood out. Does, does he know it? Does he like right now as well, a I professional hockey player? Okay. <laughs> but as a professional hockey player, it's not his first game in the NHL. Does he knows he like in the locker room after the game? He's like, man, that was not good by me. He's frustrated. He has to be. If um, if he has any self awareness, he's got to be frustrated. Now, I will say that towards the end of the third period, it did get better. He did he did do a better job of getting up to the offensive blue line, keeping some pucks in. Um, keeping some pucks alive with good plays from the blue line, walking the blue line to get an opportunity. The potential is obviously there. Like you don't play as long as he has and have the success that he's had without having the potential to do it. I just, uh, he's got work to do, and I think that the quicker he can get in the video room and, and admit to himself, hey, I just feel like I'm, I'm not there. How do I get there? Okay, this is how we're going to try and do it, and, and you know, hopefully we get there sooner than later. Well, the the whole if if he doesn't have a good year, the him in the expansion draft to the Kraken thing is going to be nonstop from fans. Yeah, listen, and, and it I'm not already saying is. it's yeah, right. Yeah, I mean he is definitely he definitely has that mantle now of the blue of that one Blues player that everybody's got in their crosshairs. Right, yeah. It was Berglund for a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's now it's it's Falk and. I mean, that's kind of part of one of the reasons that I root for the guy. I mean, I want him to be good because I want the team to be good. But yeah. to, to me, when you watch the guy, it's not like he's limping. It's not like anything stands out to like this guy looks like he's in high school out there. And as you said, he's done it before for a few years. What, why the drop off? Why is he not aware that he needs to close this gap? Jeff, that's a question I can't really answer. I don't know because each individual is is different, right? And some guys realize it. Some guys don't. Now, as a player, I knew when I was dog poop. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like like any job. Like when I go home after a show, if I don't do well, I know I didn't do well, and then I do those things tomorrow to not do bad. (laughs) You just think a professional athlete that's been doing this for a while will go, oh, I need to close the gap next time I'm out there. Maybe he's at a point where he's unable to do it anymore. And he's not old by any means. That's what confuses me. Look, I don't have the answers. This is why you see every year there's a – a good handful of players that, wow, they they played a ton last year, and all of a sudden there's a drop off. You know, and look at David Backus. I know he plays a big physical gimmick, but there's been a there's been a drop off yeah. there. And where's he? Anaheim now? Is he, that right? Anaheim. He just got waived. I think he's on the oh, taxi he squad. Oh, so, really? Last I read about him, it's there was an article that said they're not going to waive him. He's going to be, but that was like in the most. But summer I think they waived him like for that. salary cap. There's a lot of stuff that happens. I, yeah. I shouldn't speak out of turn here, but. I th- he did get waived. I know that, uh, but he could very well still be in the lineup. Right, you know? okay. like, it doesn't matter. I didn't mean to get you off the rails. No, there. no, Sorry. no. Um, but it's Man. hard. You, you don't necessarily always have the answers, and even when you do have the answers, if you can't change it, if you're not able to change it, it doesn't really matter. And guys, game one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Game one. Yeah, it just no. sucks because it's kind of trending. Well, I mean, that's, from last year to, you well, know what well I mean? that's the thing that to me is alarming yeah. because it seems like a lot of these same things that Jamie was saying about Justin Falk last year are the same things he just said two seconds ago. Right. And then you're starting to wonder, well, what what's going on here? Does dude just not have it? Is it just not a good fit? You know what I mean? That's that's when you 
there is a pattern here. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, this isn't yes. like a whole new thing. Speaking of patterns, Bortuzzo, when he gets called up for a penalty. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay, I have a couple of Bortuzzo questions real quick. But first of all, I want to say. <laughs> I love Bortuzzo. I think I met the man one time for four seconds, and I still love him. When he gets a penalty, it does not matter if he took two sticks and two-handed somebody over the head. He looks at the referee with the most shocked face, <laughs> and it is amazing. He's me? And then the indignation that goes with it after is amazing. But I had a legit question about, about Bort. So he took a penalty last night. Um, he, I was not aware that he was playing on the on the penalty kill. Is that something he's oh, yeah. always no, done? He's, he, listen, I, I but, can tell you why you weren't aware, because normally he's the one in the penalty box. That's, well, that, that's what yeah. I thought, dude. Right. That's Good what point. I thought. Yeah. Uh, no, Bortz is a, is a mainstay on the penalty kill. All right. Like, with Alex Petrangelo gone, Jay Bollmeister gone, like... Tory Krug is shouldn't be your first go to. Justin Falk shouldn't be your first go to on the penalty kill. Although they might be for the rest of the season, but you're definitely going to want to have Scandella, Pareko, um, Bortuzzo. Those are the guys that you want out there. Bortz is Mister Shot Blocker too. He'll take one in the, in the giblets and not even blink twice about. And it. And he'll drop gloves with your mom if if need be. You know what I mean? Like he protects as well, not She's your mom, lefty. not your mom. <laughs> That's right. But you know what I'm saying. Hair on her knuckles. He's, he's the guy that will have your back, though. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He he's a stand up guy. He's he's a guy you need. He's that sandpaper on the back end that you need out there. So yeah, yeah. Bortz is a mainstay. But yeah, Bortz, look it. I I used to do that periodically too in my career early. Like every time, you're like what? What? Hugging though? Is it me or is it whenever you say what me? You're the only person who doesn't know it was you. <laughs> only person. It's like. After a while, when I saw it a couple times, like on video, as my career progressed, because video became a thing. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. I gotta do, stop do you guys, that. Do you guys like, remember I the just footage? slashed this guy so hard it sounded like a shotgun went off, and I'm like, what? Where? Yeah. Me? What, was it last year? That, and I don't know what team or what player you guys would probably remember because you guys still have memories. But the guy that argued and argued and argued, and then there was footage of him. He sat in the penalty box and he looked up at the replay on the jumbotron and went, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that was uh, Burakovsky. <laughs> Is that who? I think that's who I was. He's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Not me. That, you got the wrong guy. Looks up at the thing and goes, okay, yeah, that was me. <laughs> that sounds like me. I'd fight like hell on the way to the box and then see it and go, hey, I'm sorry. That's, that's <laughs> My me. Bad. Give me an extra I, I two. Yeah. I will say this, though. Bortz had a case for the one penalty where the referee says he closed his hand on the puck yes. and whatnot. That's a BS call. Okay. It's a BS call. The, usually you call that when you freeze the puck or hold it down on the ice. Bortz, although he wasn't on his elbows, like he says, like he, on his effing elbows, which came across the feed, which is the beauty of uh, no fans at right. the games. Yeah. Um, but he is allowed to clear the puck with his hand. And it's very hard to determine whether a guy puts his hand on the puck and slides it. If you put your hand on the puck and you throw it, well, that's automatic. You're stupid. Go to the box, right. basically. Right. Right. If you cover it with your hand like a goalie, you're stupid. Go to the box and shut up. But he slid back and he kind of... Moved it ahead. Most of the time, the referees are giving you that call. It's in a danger area. You know, you're not really breaking the rules. You're just moving that puck out of danger. It was kind of a BS call. In my opinion, I thought Bortz, for this this one right. time, <laughs> I think he had a legitimate beef. Yeah, let me, I want to ask. For the, the next 55 games, he's going to be wrong. But for this one, for the he next, was right. Yeah, yeah, this one here, he was right, for sure. <laughs> Jeff, I think I'm going to uh, poke the bear a little bit with this last question. Great. Um, Why are you looking at Jeff? Oh, different bear. <laughs> different bear. Um, there has been a bit of a change on the NBC Sports Network. You deserve to hit your head. Yes, there. you did. You did. Um, <laughs> check that out, Mike Ryder. Mike up on aisle two. 
Mike Milbury, okay? Mike Milbury is out. Mike Babcock is in. Here's a question. You just had which... a Babcock, too, and a Keenan. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Here, I just, listen, I don't want to complain about the product on NBC Sports Network because I'm happy to watch hockey on it. No, you okay? shouldn't complain. But, man, I feel like the, the inner the, the in, inner period stuff I don't ever care about. I don't like the hosts. And then changing out Mike Milbury for Mike Babcock, to me, seems like you're trading not the same person one, for the same yeah, thing. One Mike for the other, yeah. If we're trying to grow the game in the United States, get people to be more You've interested. You basically swapped one scumbag for another. Correct, well, but, yeah. And also, but you know what? And no, that's even... true. I Listen, I played for both guys. No, I, I know. They're both scumbags. And, yeah. but, but, and they're not good people. And Mike Babcock's an awful person. And actually. they're not, but also even on top of that, they're not good at what they do. Well, how do you know Babcock's any good at all? Oh, Think about so. this, right? So, no, no, but this should really make you mad. Okay? Yeah. Especially you being in the radio business. It'd be like somebody just walking in, right? So No experience at all. Not, never done a thing. Never yeah. wore an earpiece or a headset. or Never done, carried the mail. Never carried the mail. And now he's got the number one show. He's just being handed. Yeah, I hate that. Right? I, I don't. Yeah, yes. That is that is and something that I do Babcock, not like. I mean, come on. Put some freaking chapstick on, for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. He's the biggest pain in the ass. But I, well, we call him chapstick. He does. He's always putting it on. He puts it on like uh, it's like a roller, too. I'm like, Jesus. And it's not ass. working. At least when I watch no. Bruce Boudreaux on the NHL network, like I feel like that dude would be a cool next-door neighbor. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, he absolutely. But so here's where NBC's missing. He'd be missing. a hell of a lot nicer house, too, if you live next <laughs> yeah, to him. Here's probably. where NBC's missing the boat. What they're trying to do is with Milbury, they need... Needed somebody, okay? They needed a villain. Now he's actually truly a villain. He doesn't understand that it's a role that you play on the broadcast. <laughs> he just really is a scumbag. Now you go to Mike Babcock, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, we have a head coach. We have like a really good head coach, and he's not really a great person, but we have a head coach. So this is what we're going to do. Well, why don't you go to a head coach that has some personality? Yeah, that's do what you I'm not saying. know how many head coaches are out there right now that are currently doing work on different networks. Bruce Boudreaux is one of them. He would be phenomenal, He's and he would fun. be funny. You know who else would be great at that job? And I know he probably would never do it. It's Ken Hitchcock. I know you guys, nobody knows him that way. No. But no. do you know how amazing he would be at breaking down a play and going through the thought process of it? And he's actually very comfortable talking. He does uh, speeches and talks at rooms full of thousands of people on coaching, on how to build co- players, how to implement systems. Ken Hitchcock, to me, would be much more intriguing what, than a guy like Mike Babcock. What does he get for something like that? For what? For like a gig like that? Yeah. Who, Mike Babcock? Yeah. No, no, no. Or uh, Hitchcock. Hitch? Yeah. It depends on the event, right? Like if it's a Hockey Canada thing where there's coaches from every city in Canada and it's a three- or four-day event where they do this whole seminar. Right. He's probably getting fifty grand for that. Yeah. Whoa, man. But he should. He's Yo, molding yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's molding the next wave of coaches that are going to basically carry the mail for your hockey program. Right. So yeah, he should be. And he gets, you know, ten grand a pop for speaking engagements at some kind of a an event for whatever. If you guys had uh, something you're a part of and you have an event, you bring him in to do that. Just motivational yeah. speaking. Yeah. My my thing with that more than anything else it was I get just like ten dollars. Yeah, you cover, get paid. Damn, cover my Uber. Well, <laughs> more, than, more than anything else, the point I just wanted to make there is that if we're trying to grow the game, if you're trying to make it more interesting for different fans, then you got to do better than that on your 
on your national coverage, I feel like. And then also, too, man, and this pissed me off during the broadcast, and I know I know that I, I have to take the St. Louis against the world thing out of me here, but they said it again during the broadcast last night. They they mentioned that Bennington had a, had a poor season last year, yeah. and that's oh, just not yeah. true. Yeah. That's so bad. They also, they also said Pareko was a solid defenseman. Dude, I, well, I just... I know, but come on. Dude, I would not more love than that. I would not pontificate that way if I did not know. I would not say things yeah. if I did not have things to back them up, especially if I was on a national TV broadcast, for right. God's sake. Yeah, they, the problem they... is it's recency bias, right? And Brad Thompson loves to use that word. He's all the time. I'm like, what? Recency bias. And he's right. It's what what have you seen lately? And the, the latest games we have of Jordan Bennington is his bubble where he went 0 for 5. No wins, 5 losses. What have and you done for me lately? What have you done for me? So that was last season. Now, they, they they fail to mention that he was only one of three goalies that had 30 wins and that his team was first place in the Western Conference before the pause. Amazing how they forget to bring that up, and it is a piss-off for sure. But this is why, God, you know what? Let them say it, Donnie. Yeah. No, no. Do you know why? Jordan Bennington loves having a chip on his shoulder. Yes. He loves it. And when he last time he had a chip on his shoulder, guess what happened? He had a Stanley Cup on we his had shoulder. A damn parade yeah. down Market Street, Donnie. Damn right. But but here's the thing. You guys gotta settle down. You're Why? getting way too sorry, worked up. Sorry. I didn't teasing. mean to be it's excited nice to say, about a Stanley Cup. It's sorry. nice to say that to somebody else instead of somebody saying it to me. That's all. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, don't I think, appreciate that, Donnie. <laughs> oh just, just stop it. Uh, no, I think it's just uh, now I completely forgot what I was gonna say. You guys got Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington, chip they don't think he's no, any no, no. good. I, well, last last night they were showing the 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 odds to win the Stanley Cup and the blues were we're pretty far down there. It depends which one you look at. Though, okay. Right? So continue, though. But, but no, I was just going to say, I love the Blues being in that spot, and I think the Blues love being in that spot. You don't think we're that good? That's okay. Yeah, that's we'll okay play you, and fine. we'll show you, and then we'll talk oh, about it after Col- the fact. Colorado's the team to beat? Okay, well, we just did. Cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I feel like that's a great spot for us to be in. Underdog, man. But, but think just, about the last time they were the underdog. What happened? Okay, but I understand that, too. But like, at what point of the other do... Boy, I'm starting to sound like typical St. Louis Blue fan. I, I can't help it, but like, like, but like, when do we start to get some of that national respect for winning the friggin' cup? It's like they, it's Which, almost it's like Donnie, it's glossed remember, over. A remember, bit, they it was had, two years ago. But remember, they did have an outdoor game scheduled. They were going to do another outdoor game. Oh, that's true. So I there guess. is there is respect. Donnie, they but, have but, an but, awful lot of love lately. But buddy. but I'm talking about if you listen if you listen to that broadcast last night and you listen to that game, the Blues were another team. Well, yeah, because they have right now the the sexy pick, the sexy choice is a Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, that's all. Well, I don't. Who, like by it. the way, are zero and one. They I look kind of sexy in those new uniforms. Though. I like the pants and the, the helmet. I did too. I was like, ooh, they're getting they're migrating closer to what the Quebec Nordiques used to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, those were sick uniforms. Man, one but of the- I will say this about your your yeah. odds thing and whatnot. Hopefully, people in St. Louis got to their people who want to wager. By the way, who don't have a problem with wagering. If they wanted to get good odds, first of all, FanDuel, Paradise Sportsbook. I oh, love it. In fact, it, amazing. If you haven't signed up yet, use the promo code FAST for that, okay? You get a little <laughs> discount on that. But when you do so, uh, the Blues were uh, plus 2,000 yesterday going into the season. I guarantee that line has shifted a little bit since last night. But if you're a Blues fan and you believe in your team, drop a couple bucks on this thing because it could pay off for you. Very good. Like six figures. Yeah. A couple people did that last year. That's right. Two years ago. Or two years ago. Sorry. Donnie hates that. 
It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, uh, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Listen, we're doing these bad boys on Mondays and Thursdays. Every week they will be uh, wherever you subscribe. Tell your friends, share. And here's one thing I just want to throw out to you guys. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there in the ether. Uh-oh. I think that so- <laughs> Now stop it. I think set that we need to have a guest soon. I don't right. know who. Somebody probably have to do with hockey. But I think that we need to have a guest. What do you guys think about that? I'm down. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, Donnie. All right. Maybe we should put it to our listeners. Who would they like to hear from? Who do you, who, who do you want us to chase after? All right? right? No guarantees, but who do you want us to chase after? And we will see what we can do. But I, I, that, that is something that I would love to, to have on the podcast. In I the think that would be weeks. fantastic. The couple that we've had have been fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, talking to Bear Jackman again? That yeah. would be amazing. Absolutely. As so well. uh, tell everybody, Last Minute Blues podcast. Give us a listen. Make sure you're sharing. Uh, and, uh, and we appreciate you. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com.